Welcome to Koshmas on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Koshmas Magazine. And tonight's show is something very special. We have uh, some very interesting topics. And i just like to stay before we get started. I'll mention the topics. Number one, we're going to talk about the sach, because the sach is an important issue and uh, tying into kashras, as we'll, as I can imagine what it is. Anyway, I'll explain it to you. And the second thing we want to talk about are some kashras standards of the different kashras agencies. I did a wonderful thing. I sent out to our almost 2,000 emails to the, all the kashras agencies. Uh, I have se- several emails. There's 1371, 1,371 kashras agencies in our book of the kosher supervision guide that we put out, which just came out now in October. And I contacted them and asked them some questions, and I'm going to share with you some of the answers that they permitted me to say. For some of them are private, and they don't want it out in the public, but you'll be the first to hear about what the answer them are very interesting, some of the major conscious organizations, the national ones. This is very, very interesting. And we're going to share that with you. I'm preparing a, a, an article for Conscious Magazine, but are you going to be the first ones to hear it? As uh, DJ Yehuda said last night, and he's correct, that on this show, on Conscious on the Air, you get things that are not available anywhere, and uh, even in my magazine. So it's really a very special uh, opportunity. I, I enjoy sharing with everybody who's listening. And uh, he asked me last night, what, why, do I, why do I do this? The answer is that I've been working for 37 years, actually probably more, in the, in the area of kashras. Although I don't do hashkacha, I've been studying it and reporting on it and working with the people in the kashras field for this 37 years. And I uh, feel that this is a tremendous outlet. I don't know if you realize how many thousands of people listen to the show, but there really are thousands and thousands listening to this show and, of course, to listen to all the other wonderful things on JRoot. So yesterday... We had uh, an opportunity to thank JRoot for all that they do for all of us, and I, myself included, because I listen to a number of the shows, and particularly uh, I have a special favorite, which is Rabbi Shlomo Levenstein, uh, who's uh, on Thursday night from 11 to 12 o'clock. It's, uh, for me, it's a, it's a highlight of the week, and I, I try to stay up for it, <laughs> and even though I'd rather go to sleep, but I stay up for that show uh, because Iran... I don't know if you know it, he goes ahead and he gets the latest uh, video, actually we have audio over here, the latest uh, re- recording from Rabbi Levenstein in Eretz Israel from B'nai Brak, and I've tried to search around on the web and uh, get these, and I get the older ones, but he seems to come up with the latest, and it's a very exciting thing, especially when you hear it only a few days after he gave it. Uh, thousands of people listen to him. Actually, I mean, it's it's about a thousand per show. You'll take a look at it, but with J Root, the staff is listening also, so it could be many thousand listen to him. He's a very special individual, and and that's the kind of thing that you have on J Root. And yesterday we did collect money for J Root Baruch Hashem. Uh, there was a uh, fundraiser, and if you didn't participate, this is a great time to do it right now. Uh, if you just want to uh, text in to us at 347-927-8398. Just let us know you want to donate. Um, if you want to mention the amount, fine. We'll call you back. I'm not me, but somebody from the, uh, from the J Root will call you back and get your information, and we can do it on the credit card or a check, etc. Just text us now at 347-927-8398. If you would like to participate, you didn't have an opportunity yesterday, now it's not too late. So just let us know that you want to give something to JRoot. Text us to 347-927-8398. And if you'd like to send a check in the mail uh, without giving us any heads up, just make it to JRoot Radio, 2829 Nostrin Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. And you can actually drop off a check if you'd like at uh, Bon Appetit Pizza, which is opposite Chaim Berlin, Nash Express, or Olive Tree. In those places, you can actually drop off a check to JRoot, or you'll send it to 2829 Nostrin Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Again, if you want to text, 
Text us at 347-927-8398. And um, if you'd like us to do anything, uh, you know, for uh, honor or for, for somebody who has passed away, just mention it, and I'll, I'll try to take care of it myself today if we can. Anyway, we're going to go on now. The third topic which we are going to talk about tonight is a project that I want to give you an opportunity to get involved in, and uh, it's a very serious project. One of our regular listeners came to me a few times already and asked me to undertake this project, which I'm going to share with you a little bit later. So let's, without further ado, let's let's start with the first topic, which is Tzachach. Now, everybody is going to have uh, is going to be sitting under the Tzachach in a couple of days, and sometimes some people are aware of this, and other people are not. That a lot of the Tzachach has infestation. Now, what do I care? I'm not eating the Tzachach. No, but you're eating under the Tzachach, and invariably these insects end up in the food. I'm not exaggerating. You can do an experiment yourself, but I'd rather teach you how not to have to worry about that. But if you want to, you could have, if your schach is already up and you're not going to take it down, uh, then I suggest you put out a white tablecloth or a plastic tablecloth or whatever it is and on, the, on your table and look about a few hours later, maybe the next morning, leave it idea, leave it overnight, and see if there are any insects crawling on that table, especially if they're, uh, they're, they're greenish. I'm not showing the exact colors, but uh, see if you find any tiny insects crawling there. They may be just from the general environment, but they may very well be from the schach. Now, what we tell people to do before you put the schach up is to check it. There's a special uh, bug that seems to get there. It's really called book lice. Maybe there's more other types, but anyway, a book louse is the, is the, is the main problem we're referring to. The way to check your schach is you take a bunch of it. Uh, if you have a, a mat, so it's already wrapped up, right? So just take and put a white cloth, a paper towel, or a sheet of white paper on the ground, and then bang this thing, bang the, uh, the ends of, this, uh, of, of, your, of your mat, that just the ends, and you'll see if it come if insects come on the paper. If they're there, then you'll have to spray it, and that's that's the only thing you have to do is uh, use Raid House and Garden Bug Cleaner, Bug Killer. I'm sorry, Raid House and bug, Garden Bug Killer. You spray it, and then you'll be settled. Just let it sit a while, and then put it up. Uh, if you have um, if you have the bamboo poles, which is what I like to use. The old bamboo poles, you have to just do the same thing. Take a bunch of them, bang it on the ground. takes about a second. Take a quick look at the, at the paper. It's clear. You're good to go. You find one or two, then you have a problem. The best thing to do is spray it, leave it an hour or so, and if you want to check it again, check it again. But, uh, the, but the poles are a little harder to spray because you have to get inside the hole there. Uh, you, you want to get inside the hole at the end of the pole. This is basically the idea. If you need a, if you need something else, you can send. Uh, and and uh, if you'd like to get a, a, a sheet that explains it, you can send a um, e- email to kashruslab at gmail dot com. K a s h r u s lab l a b at gmail dot com, and say on the uh, just say subscribe on the top. And need not subscribe to anything, but you can get this. Uh, this 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 uh, service over here. It's not from me. Kasha's Lab is Rabbi David Goldstein, who's on been on the show a number of times. Anyway, that's a very important thing, the schach infestation. And I know it's true because I see it myself every year when we go through this process and take out our schach. We do find these. And uh, I thank, I applaud Rabbi Goldstein for bringing it to everybody's attention. Rabbi Vaya put out a sheet on it also. It's all in Hebrew, but it's basically the same thing I'm going to give you in English. If you have a problem getting that, you'll let me know, and I'll try to get it over to you as well. Now, without further ado, I'm going to... Uh, let me mention the, the project first. Let me mention the project that I wanted to talk about. This project is a very hush of a project because every one of us reads newspapers, magazines, 
And even if you say you don't, you do. And certainly the women look at a lot of them and they have the time for it, maybe. And what, what happens is that in, invariably in almost every newspaper and magazine, with the exception of Kashmir's magazine, there's a, they, have a, they have recipes. Recipes appearing in, in all these publications. And they're really very nice recipes. They're very enticing and they have beautiful pictures describing just how it's going to come out if it really does come out that way. But anyway, they definitely are enticing, and they're smart. They're making them now the recipes are for the kinds of families that we have, some, some sizable families. They want it to be done quickly. It isn't something extravagant. They don't, they don't try to get you to get uh, ingredients you've never heard of in your entire life. They're trying to make it something that a Jewish family living today, will be able to use and will enjoy. And it's a wonderful thing. More power to them. And there are a tremendous amount of recipes that are coming out. And books and books and books of recipes. The problem is that there's no mention in most of the, of the magazines. Uh, maybe there are some that do it. But I've examined it. And this gentleman who came to me, was a came to me a few times. He said, it's, it's pervasive in the women's magazines. There's a gentleman I know who has a website, and he attacked all the magazines for putting these things in and, uh, and not mentioning a word about how you have to inspect certain vegetables, how you have to clean them specially, how maybe some, some things you can't use at all because impossible to clean properly. That's a, a very important part of life. The answer, sometimes the answer is no. And, or sometimes the answer is you got to wait. You got to do something. You got to prepare it. You can't just say, well, I like it. It looks interesting. It's a nice recipe. True. But what about the responsibility that we have for all the people who are eating it? Maybe there are insects in there. And not everybody knows about these insects in the different vegetables. So I don't think it has to be that every article has to have a whole discussion of how to clean that particular uh, food, whether it's a, a fruit or a vegetable. But I think that what should be said at least is a bare minimum that on the top of every page of those recipes, it should say, this recipe may include some items, some, some uh, food items uh, rather than, or, or some uh, fruits or vegetables that require checking. And, uh, and that some people may limit and not use all of these products. And, uh, each, uh, and, and, uh, and each reader should consult his own rabbi for advice about these different uh, vegetables and fruits. Now, it could be that that's a little bit cumbersome, and you just want to make a... But it's a general statement. Or, if you'd like, you could, they could go ahead and they could say, um, specifically, if you're talking about... Um, you're talking about spinach or you're talking about broccoli that, uh, you know, you have to be careful about that. So maybe they should mention them by name. Now, I'm not getting into the topic of whether they should mention it by name or they should uh, mention it in general, but I think it's a responsibility of every one of these magazines and newspapers that are functioning in the Frum community to forewarn people and let them know that they're playing a little bit of a dangerous game. Now, you say, and that's what the people would say, well, everybody who knows that knows it from Rabbi Wickler's show, from a newspaper, from, an, from, a, from a shear, from a, from a book, by Rabbi Vaya. Everybody knows what they have to do, and everybody's different. Everybody does differently. Could be that, that a lot of people know. But I know people who read these publications who don't know. And they don't know sometimes because they come from other countries. They're Balchuva. They weren't, they weren't given the training in some areas. We have a responsibility for anybody we lead astray, even if it wasn't intentional at all, because perhaps we could have prevented it. So as an Eitzat Toiva, as an idea, as a sort of principle, or something we should want, we should want these publications to say something above the, uh, article, the recipes. I remember years ago uh, speaking to uh, somebody uh, 
maybe I'll mention it, maybe I won't mention it, uh, to somebody about Cautious Magazine. Because Cautious Magazine had a problem. It goes way back. Problem was that we have a kosher supervision guy that comes out every two years, and in the interim we have an addendum. So right now, just this month, right, just a week ago, actually, I guess got mailed my copy. I received it on Shabbos. So it's just uh, recently we mailed the kosher supervision guide. The we call it 2017-2018 kosher supervision guide to the 1,371 kosher agencies worldwide. And we have in there a pictorial index, and we describe everything about the cautious agencies, how to contact them, and what they supervise, and the details about their supervision, uh, how long it's been in existence, and how many people work for them. A lot of details and all the names. We have a, it's a pretty big, big book. It's 216 pages. We just put it out now. And it's, it's a big seller. It's, it's our biggest seller in the, the two years. This is the, this is the one book. They like the kosher the travel guide, but this is the one that everybody seems to re, re, need to have some in the house. Some people cold, keep their old copies, but we're changing the, 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 the contact information and the details every single year. Anyway, I was printing this publication, and we had listed in there some cautious agencies that are not that strict. That's a nice way of saying it. They're weaker in some ways, but they're listed because they're, they're maybe they're orthodox or whatever. But they're not the same standard as the as like the OU OK KFK. They're not that standard. There's something there's something weak. There's some weakness in them. So the question is, how could I list them if they're not holding the standard of what we want in this country? Why should I list them? So my feeling has always been it's a, that this guide is a directory. It is not one that makes decisions for people. So I wrote in the beginning, this is a directory, and you have to ask your rabbi who to rely upon, and I thought I was, it was great. But people came over to me and they asked me about this certain hashgach. I saw it in your book. I said, well, that's not necessarily something you might want. It may be something that uh, you might not be happy with. In a nice way, I tried to tell them to steer them away from it. So they said to me, but you listed it in the book. I said, but didn't you see in the beginning it said over there, uh, that uh, you uh, that that this is only a directory. Some of them said to me, "I never saw that." Others said to me, "I saw it, but I you know, didn't, didn't didn't strike me." So I spoke to Rabbi Nissen Wolpen. I'm telling you who it is. Rabbi, who was then the uh, editor of the Jewish Observer. I was close with him and got a lot of guidance from him over the years. Wonderful man. So Rabbi Wolpen, I told him my problem that people you know are abusing the book and they don't un- get it. So he said, put it on the top of every page. On the top of every page? He said, yes, put it on the top of every page. I said, but they may not get it then. That's not your business. So that's what I've been doing for maybe, I don't know, 20 years or more, just because Rabbi Nissen Wolpen said it. On the top of every page of the kosher supervision guide, it says this three-line thing about how this is only directory and ask your rabbi, or you know, who, who you should rely upon. So it, that's what we have to do in, in Kashrus Magazine. The same thing should be brought into this issue of recipes. A little warning. It could be very gentle, whatever it is. So this is a project, meaning that I have listeners. Baruch Hashem, I know I have a lot of listeners. I came, I left it yesterday. We, we had this appeal over here. I left and I came just... I said that on the way out of here, I usually daven mincha or marv, and uh, I'm going over now to Rabbi Landau Shul to daven uh, mincha, I said yesterday. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to meet somebody that, uh, that that heard me on J-Root. And I didn't even get into the shul. Somebody on the block where I parked said to me, uh, I just heard you on the radio. So it, everybody hears this show. Now, what would it take Hundreds of people called here yesterday to donate. I'm not asking for a donation. I did ask before for a donation, but I'm asking for something different. I'm asking you to donate four minutes. Call the, the publications that you, that you buy or that you receive free that, who put out uh, recipes. Call them. Two of them, one of them, four of them, five of them. 
I know some people come home with $25 worth of uh, reading material before Shabbos. Whatever it is, whatever you buy, whatever you see a recipe column in a from publication, call them up and say, it would be nice if you would put something on the top. Warning people, because not everybody gets it, not everybody remembers. A general thing that would make people aware that they have to think about it, or maybe specifically when you mention the particular vegetable or fruit that has a, a questionable issue that needs to be addressed. That's all. That's the project. And I would love to hear what kind of response you get. Please get through it through me and let me know. And I'd love to hear if they said we're going to change it. And I'm looking forward to the time when I see it in those publications. And I say it's a project I'm giving you, but I'm going to take it on also. So I'm going to spend more than four minutes. I can assure you, I'm going to spend much more than four minutes working on this project. But if a few of you did it, if let's say 10 people contacted a certain publication, I'm guaranteeing you they would do it. 10, not 50. If 50 people contacted them, they would do it in five minutes. But 10 people, it may take a week or two. But it will be in there if you do 10 people contacted them. I know the value of this kind of group uh, activity. So if you can take it on, you may be the one that makes the change. Now we come to the third area. And the third area, I, sorry that so much time was taken. In fact, I'm going to even just take another second uh, and, and, and do uh, for our sponsor what I'm supposed to do for him. Uh, you know, Glatmark is uh, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. When I think of Glatmar, I think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glatmart. And at Glatmart, you can save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glatmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items that you've purchased in the store. And some of the items that are on sale right now, that means today and tomorrow only, uh, are shoulder roast beef, family pack filet steak, and shoulder London broil. All those three are $9.99 a pound. Benet d'arome cucumbers in brine, seven to nine cucumbers, $1.29. That's a 50%, um, I'm sorry, a 33% savings. That's pretty serious. If you like, I, I use them all the time. So hopefully I'm going to have a bunch of them stored now. Amnon's <laughs> regular eight slice pizza, $7.39. Mahadran Greek yogurt, yogurt, 99 cents. Haolam sliced monster cheese, six ounce, two for $5. And starting on Wednesday, that's 10.13 to 10.16, on Wednesday this week, Boneless ribs, $13.99 a pound. Pot roast, $9.49 a pound. And in the area of some of the uh, other things, that non-food items, dinner, the 9-inch plates, plastic plates, a 100 count, $3.99. The 12-ounce plastic bowls, $1.99. 6-inch plastic plates, $1.99. Lieber's apricot preserves, 32 ounces, 2 pounds, $2.99. Domino sugar, four pound bag, one eighty nine. Pashka's rice cake squares, one twenty nine. Mendelssohn's pizza bagels, two ninety nine. Eggplant, seventy nine cents a pound. These are some of the specials that are going to be starting on Wednesday in Glatmart. And you know, in, Gl- in Glatmart, the quality of the meats is A one, with kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vadakashas of Flappish, with Base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor. At Glatmart, you're getting quality cautious. Glatmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glatmart, tell them you heard about Glatmart on Cautious on the Air over J Root Radio. And now I'm going to get back to my next topic, that topic that I promised you. I'm sorry that it's a little bit late, and I don't know how, if we'll be able to finish it today. Probably not. Pretty soon uh, we'll be able to take calls, maybe another 5, 10 minutes. But you can text us right now if you'd like. And the text number is 347-927-8398. That's again, 347-927-8398. And again, I wanted to remind you that if you'd like to 
donate to JRoot, which is doing an amazing job of, of supplying information and entertainment and uh, advice to thousands and thousands of people. It's really making a big impact here in Brooklyn, where it's very, very well received. So if you want to do that, just text us at 347-927-8398, and we will contact you and uh, get the donation uh, arranged. Now, um, the topic that I'm talking about is a letter that I sent out, email letter, that I sent out to 1,371 conscious agencies. And I asked them the following question. I'm going to just take one part of it because there were a few things that we discussed. Does your agency require an on-site mashkiach in your restaurants and caterers, dairy and meat of any size? Or if the owner is a Shomer Shabbos, you accept him as a de designated Shomer Shabbos on premises. In other words, you skip having a mashkiach and just use the owner as your Orthodox representative. If you accept the owner as your designated Shomer Shabbos, how often do you send out a mashkiach? These are very important questions. I was shocked by the answers. But first, let me tell you the story that, that caused this whole thing. I have to uh, be careful how I explain this. But there's a, a, a caterer in our area that is a very well-respected hashkocha. And somebody went into the kitchen and asked to see the mashkiach. And the person there said, I'm the chef, I'm the mashkiach. And by the way, that person is also the owner. The owner, the chef, the mashkiach, wrapped up into one individual. This gentleman didn't feel happy about it. Actually, I think it was a lady, did not feel happy about it because this is a Hamish hashkocha, and it, it boggled their mind. No mashkiach? The owner is the mashkiach? So they contacted me. I always have to do the dirty work. And I contacted the Kashmir's agency, and the rabbi called me back and said, listen, I'm doing what all of the Hamish organizations are doing in Brooklyn. No mashkiach if the owner is a Shomer Shabbos. Did you hear that? That's the standard for Hamish Ashkochus in Brooklyn. No mashkiach if the owner is a Shomer Shabbos, a meat establishment, a restaurant, a caterer, etc. When there's a larger affair, let's say a caterer that has to have a lot of checking of vegetables or a big restaurant has a lot of checking of vegetables, they'll put a mashkiach there to do that and maybe do other work there. But if it's not requiring bedikas toiloyim, checking the vegetables, if it's just to have a mashkiach there to make sure everything goes well, receiving of the things, cooking of Jews, etc., etc., all of these regular halachas. So this Kashmir agency told me that all of the Hamish hashkochas in our neighborhood do not have a mashkiach tamidi, even a fleshic place, as long as the owner is Shomer Shabbos. So I don't know it didn't. I don't know why I didn't think along those lines, even though I kept hearing more and more, we have less hashkocha today, less mashkiachim. It sounds to me almost like it was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, they didn't have hashkocha. And we pushed the, the restaurants to take on hashkocha. And then they put in mashkichim. But now somehow those mashkichim have been removed. And they don't want to pay that kind of money. And uh, they, they're getting away with it. So if you have an OU on a restaurant, it's going to cost you $90,000 just for the service of the mashkichim. But if you happen to have one of these Hamish hashkochas, in Brooklyn, you don't have to worry about a thing. You don't even need a, not yet, we don't even need a, uh, a mashkiach. That's what it seems to be. Now, is it true? I don't know. I couldn't check, I, I, I couldn't check that out. I thought of this is a better idea. So I sent a, an email out to everybody in the cautious field. And I got, I wasn't sure how I get five responses or ten. I got close to 100 responses, which is for me is a lot even though it's only one-thirteenth of, of the number of people I mailed to. But that means they took the time to answer, and many of them gave me permission to reprint it. So I'm just going to read to you a few right now. And believe me, it's going to open your mind. 
it's definitely something that uh, I think is uh, it, 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 amazing. And I'm going to tell you in advance what I saw. Number one, I saw that many of the cashless agencies across the world, whether it's in Europe or Australia or, uh, you know, or, or across America, that many of these cashless agencies require a mashkir to midi even if the owner is a Shomer Shabbos. They require a mashkiach tamidi, at least on a fleshika restaurant or fleshika caterer. A mashkiach tamidi, if, even if though the owner is a Shomer Shabbos. But here in Brooklyn, where I live and you live, many of you, there is no mashkiach in many of the restaurants. That's what I found out. Number two, I found out that in many of the restaurants and caterers across America and other countries where they don't have the biggest brand name, Hamish Hashkocha, they have a, a small local vod or an individual rabbi is trying to, to service the community. And it's difficult to get a mashkiach in some of those places. They require a mashkiach to midi in any fleshic restaurant and many of them required even in a dairy restaurant. So what I found out is that we have disparity here, that some people do require mashkicha, and others don't. And even how often a mashkicha came from the organization to check varies greatly from once a day, several times a day, once a day, to once or twice a week, checking up the owners of Shomer Shabbos. I'm going to tell a story I've told it before on the radio, I believe, but you know it's been months and months or years already, because I'm five years on the radio. But it, it's a hush of a story. I can't get it out of my mind. Because I'm still standing there with the man. I have a friend who lives on my block, Rabbi Simcha Scholar from High Lifeline. And he had a father, a Shalom, who was a Rav and a Rebbe and a caterer, all wrapped up into one. At the same time, he was a Rav, a Rebbe, and a caterer. Obviously, he was a Rebbe in the morning. Catering wasn't that big a deal. It was a smaller kind of catering. catering. And he was a Rav of a shul. A wonderful man. And he said to me, Rabbi Wickler, I want you to know I'm a Rav and a Rebbe. But when I'm in the, in the catering, when I'm, do, when I'm the caterer, I need a tough mashkiach over me. Rabbi Scholar? Yes, I need a tough mashkiach over me. That's the way the world is. That, that, that's the nature of a human being. And we, so, accepting here in Brooklyn, no mashkiach in a restaurant, no mashkiach in a caterer, day after day. Oh, we send somebody there to check once a while, once a week. We, we send people. We, we, we once in a while, we, we go. We, some say they go every day. Some go a couple times a week. Whatever. But no mashkiach. Because he's a Shomer Shabbos. That's hard for me to buy. Hard for me to buy. I'm going to read to you a few words. I, I don't have much time because I'm getting calls even though I told people not to call yet. So we're going to see how it works. Let me just read at least a few of these. And uh, the rest of it you'll have to read in Kasha's magazine or maybe in another show. <laughs> it, it, I'm going to read to you first from the OU. Because the OU is, I mean, you know, what can I tell you? The OU is on top of its game over here. Let me just find that OU one. The OU, I didn't get what you would call an official official. But it's from the Weber Rebbe. I don't know if you know what that is, but if you write the question on the internet, you ask them an email question, they they send back from they call the web rebbe. It, it means from the web, you know, the uh, they they he's the rebbe on the web for the OU, the web rebbe. Here's here's what the OU says. Thank you for contacting the OU. OU policy on food service establishments, restaurants, caterers, hospitals, hotels nursing homes, yeshivas, etc., requires a mashkiach timidi 
The owner itself does not count, who is the only one with the keys to the kitchen or the refrigerators. When the night mashkiach leaves the premises, all the cooking equipment is sealed so as to prevent any cooking from taking place without the mashkiach present. The mashkiach turns on all fires regardless if there is a pilot light or not. We're not soimach on a pilot. It's a bidyevit backup only. All vegetables that require bidika are checked by the mashkiach. All incoming deliveries are checked by the mashkiach before anything is put away. All meats used in OU facilities are OU glot only. In addition to a mashkiach tamidi, there is someone who goes around to all the facilities on a regular basis to ensure that all OU policies are being enforced by the mashkiach. There is a mashkiach manual created for the mashkiach in food service to be followed by every mashkiach. All of our food service establishments use the Shema. Oh, that's about the Shema. I'm not going to talk about that now because uh, I, I asked a few questions here. Now, let me read to you. I, I love some of these I got. I'm telling you, they're, they're unbelievable. I, I'm reading now from Rabbi Yitzchak Yagod, who has an organization called the Vod of Eastern Canada and Maine. <laughs> and he's located in Maine. Yes, we do require on-site mashgiach for our suit establishments, dairy or meat even if the owner is the Shomer Shabbos. And that's what he says. Now I'm going to read to you from the Badats of the Chuk Sam Sofer in Bnei Brak. But I'm going to read it in Hebrew, and I'll try to translate a little bit, and maybe we'll get it, all of it. But I love it, so I, I want to read it to you. In answer to your question, the, the places that we certify, we don't rely on the owner for kashmas. He's num- number one, um, I'm sorry, even if they're re- religious people. We do rely on them to turn on fires. That we do. We have every place has a appropriate hashkocha for that particular place. So he's saying that we have somebody there from person to make sure that everything's going properly, but we're not relying on the on the owner. In addition. Two times a day, a person comes down from the chug to check. The mashkiach tamidi plus two visits a day. Chug kasam sofa in Israel. Beautiful. Now I'm going to read um, another one here. This is uh, Rabbi Yehuda Shane in Lakewood. He has a few Ashkachas, and he has a website also. Ashomer Shabbos owner is a Nogeya. means that he's, uh, he, he's, a, you know, he's on the other side. He's, it, it, it affects him, so therefore he's, he can't be trusted. Not every type establishment can be grouped together. When I have an issue of, um, he's, going to, he's going into Bidikas Toloyim, he says, if fires are my concern, the owner or Shomer Shabbos employee shuts off all pilots every night and relights them in the morning. So yes, he does rely on the, the owner to turn on and off a fire and remember to do that, but um, he, does, he does require, uh, he realizes that the, the, that the owner is a, is a Nogeya Badava. Now, I'm going to read to, to you from From a from a, the Badats Makor Hayim in Flushing, Queens. All our establishments have a mashgiach. To me, the dairy establishment have a designated Shomer Shabbos on the premises, with random inspections from the head mashgiach and other rabbinical overseers at least twice weekly. And I have here. Oh, there's so many of them. One second. Okay, we'll read this one. This is from the Chafetz Chaim in Argentina. 
In response to your questions, in accordance with the determination of Hagon Dayan Elimelech von Zetashlita, the owner of a restaurant, caterer, cafe, etc., does not qualify as a mashkiach in any event, and the minimum requiring to be given the hechsher is to have a mashkiach Yotzev and Nichnas who visits the premises unannounced and at regular, irregular intervals, and who has the authority to make decisions that may even be contrary to the financial interests of the business owner. On certain occasions of more complex operations, the Dayan Shlita has determined that a full-time mashkiach must be present and must be the one who holds the keys to open and close the business and the one in charge of receiving all food products delivered to the business. Furthermore, catering at all events, chasens, bar mitzvahs, require a full-time mashkiach or a team of mashkiachim, depending on the size of the event on the premises. So these are just a few ideas that I have here, and I, I, I'm going to be printing a lot of this. We're still getting more as, as time goes on. It's only a few days that I sent this out, and uh, it's, just, it's just mind-boggling. I see that the whole field is extremely open. I have a beautiful one here, but I don't have permission yet to read it to anybody, to print it. I'm hoping to get permission of it from uh, Breuer sent out, one beautiful piece. I like it very much. And basically, just to, just to lump it together with other ones, there are different standards for different places, I understand. First of all, we're not m- millionaires. The caterer can't afford the $90,000 sometimes that the OU would charge. I understand that. And they do looking to, to make it a little more palatable to the owner. And they do adjust for different places under the hashkocha. Some they trust more and some they trust less and some they put full-time in some places. This, I understand that there's a certain amount of freedom that people have to, to deal with it. But the sincerity has to be there. To say that we don't need a mashkiach, we have the owner. When I told you that story about Rabbi Scholar, it's really unfair to put the whole thing on an owner who's a Shomer Shabbos, that he has to be his own judge and jury, and he has to decide what's allowed and what's not allowed. It's a little bit much. Anyway, right now, I'll take your calls on this or any topic. So you can reach us by calling 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. You can call now, 718-683-5858, or you can text us at 347-927-8398. All questions will be answered except 7-Eleven Slurpees. That's the only one I won't deal with today. <laughs> That's banished. <laughs> we have a call already? No. Yes? No, okay. So if you want, you can call in 718-683-5858. Until we, we do get... Uh, oh, their calls are already coming in. <laughs> Oh, two of them already. It's moving. Okay, so we'll take the callers as they come in. Thank you very much. Okay, you're on Cautious on the Air. Can I help you? Yeah, thank you very much for your wonderful program. Wouldn't it be a more important project than the inspecting of the recipes to get the people to call the Hashkocha agencies to require Hashkichim of the establishment? I'm sorry, but I... I, I sounds I, much I, more urgent and much more important than requires a bigger... Manpower than to, than the, the rest. I mean, because other ones also beautiful project, but that sounds like a great. Of project. course, we have. Of course, but that's that's why I brought both of them out here. I didn't want to give you two projects in one night, but but you're a smart man and you realize that we do have Who a little work. Who should we call? Who should we call? The, 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 give, we have you, numbers of you, I'll tell you what I would. I'll tell you what I would do if I were listening to this show. I'll tell you what I would do. I would call up any from uh, what we call Hamish Cater. Um, Hamish Hashkocha in our neighborhood. I'm in Brooklyn. So any Hamish Hashkocha, whatever that means to you, and ask them, do you have a mashkiach timidi in your meat places? Do you have a mashkiach timidi in your dairy places? Do you have a mashkiach timidi in a pizza store? Remember, the OU would require in the pizza store too. Do you have a, if you, if you don't have a mashkiach, are you relying on uh, the owner as uh, your designated Shomer Shabbos on premises, I think you will be absolutely shocked. And then I would do one more thing. I would call two or three of these people, and then I would call two or three stores at law, at, you know, just uh, at random. And, and I think the end, you're going to come, you're going to be absolutely surprised 
at the results. And then, because you did that far, you can find your way of uh, convincing the cashless agencies that it's time to upgrade, that we should become like those communities outside of the country, outside of America, like the OU in America, like the other, like these the organizations that say no short, we're not, there's no shortcuts. It's the highway, not the low way. We're going the right way on Kashrus now. Okay? Maybe they consider the Shemesh Shabbos people in Brooklyn to be of a higher standard than Shemesh Shabbos people out of town. This is an interesting point, and I, I don't really believe it's true. Because I, I believe, I'll tell you what I believe. I believe that, a, a, that an out-of-town person, you know, I, come, I, I grew up out of town. I believe that an out-of-town person takes things very seriously. And even if they're lacking in knowledge, their commitment may be awesome. A lot of people, because of the lachats, the pressure of living in New York, you know, tend to cut the corners. Listen, ra- ra- rabbi scholar said it. You know, I'm a rabbi. I'm a I'm a rebbe. But when it comes to to me being a caterer, I need a tough mashkiach. He said it. Okay, take good care. Okay, okay next caller. You're on Kashas on the air. Can we help you? Me? Yes. Go ahead. You're on Kashas with Rabbi Wickler. Go ahead, please. Um, uh, why doesn't every Jew have a cheskis kashrus about uh, being a, a mashgiach for himself? Well, then let me ask you that. If you, really, if you want to be honest about that, why do you need a mashgacha? In the old days, we didn't have a mashgacha. We had from owners of restaurants and, uh, and caterers, and we were happy with that in Brooklyn. Everyone was using it. And, then we, and we decided, no, you need an outside, uh, an outside look at everything. So the problem is, okay, so we got it. We got everybody to have a mashgacha. There's nobody that would dare not have ashkacha. But if the ashkacha is if the ashkacha is relying on the owner, so each one's relying on the other one, so very little is being done. It's still, it seems to me that we're, we're, we're sort of expressing what went on many years ago. Yes, a, there is a plus because the ashkacha has supervision and they send people in occasionally and they could take the ashkacha away and they could demand certain things. I agree. There's definitely something. But is it really what we need. I know many from uh, Shomer Shabbos owners that are not so knowledgeable about Kashrus and, and they, they really shouldn't be trusted. Okay. Take a, have a Gamala Sima Tova. Thank you very much for the call. Thank you very much. Go ahead. You're on Kashrus on the air. Can I help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air, please. Hi. How are you? Fine. I'm really sorry to bother you. I just heard something about 7-11. Did you say no 7-11 at all? I said or... no 7-11 will be discussed on this radio show tonight. And that's what I said, and I'm going to hold to it. We're not going to discuss 7-11 tonight. Okay? Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. I just wanted to know if you are... If, no, if no, you no, no. I do not gonna, I'm not going there. there. Ma'am, I said we're not going to discuss it. Anybody who wants to could call me at my office, 718 336 Eight five four four, and I get calls about it, and I will answer you on the phone seven one eight three three six eight five four four. If you want to call there to get the magazine, to get the coach supervision guide, you talk about anything about cash is fine, but I'm not doing it okay. on the radio. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, uh, you're on cautious on the air. Can we help you? Yeah, um, I personally know somebody that she wanted to make cake platters at home and sell it, so she called up. Uh, to ask them, like, if they could give her, you know. I'm sorry, but I didn't hear. The person does what in the house? She wants to bake cake platters. Right. And and, and she, she has Ashkacha or doesn't have Ashkacha? She wanted to call. Like, she called the company, like, she wanted, she wanted them to give her Ashkacha. So what's the question? So she called, and they said, it was like a very famous Ashkacha that we all rely on. And they said, send us a check, and we'll give you Ashkacha. They'll come in nothing. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. You're not clear. You're using a cell phone. Just slowly, they, you, they, they, call, they call the Hashkacha, and then the Hashkacha said to them, what? Send me a check, and I'll give you Hashkacha. Nobody did that. Nobody uh, did no. that. That's not, that's not true. That story is not, is not true at all. That is not, that's not a true story. Uh, I'll tell you, there, there were times that, 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 that there were such things. I don't know anybody 
who functions that functions that way today at all. I'm sorry. I don't believe the story. I believe that that she's I believe that she summed it up that way, but that's how she felt. But it I don't think the man said to her, send me a check and I'm giving you Ashkacha. I don't think that's what it was went on. I'm sure that the rabbi either said he's going to come and visit her. He gave a list of ingredients. Something or other happened. Just to say, send me a check and I'll give you Ashkacha. Well, that man must be, uh, you know, I, I, I would have discovered him where it is by now. And I don't know anybody like that today. There were people who were very close to that. Um, I know one man who never visited a plant or anything in his, his life. And he gave Ashkachas, an old man at that time, he gave Ashkachas uh, to, um, to people, and he said, said, send me a letter, an affidavit, means a claim that you're making that everything's closure. And what? The, he said, send me a, a, an affidavit that everything you're using is kosher only, only using uh, non uh, you know, vegetable things, no, nothing from animal origin, and he would send, give the hashkocha, and he would send them there his to Uda and get paid. And I wanted to expose him. And my Rebbe told me, don't do it, because he sues. And I didn't, I didn't pursue it, and he passed on, but I have not run across anybody of that nature in this 37 years, except for that one individual. So I don't believe the story as it was said. I believe that maybe she felt that way, but I don't believe the story as it was said. If you want to reach us, you can. We're at 718-683-5858, and you have a few minutes left. If not, we're just going to mention uh, a little bit about the new publication, the Kosher Supervision Guide, which is 216 pages. It's $15 in the bookstores. It'll be out soon. Feldheim distributes it. We don't have any on, out now. You could see it briefly online. at uh, We have it on kashrasmagazine.com. And it's on Amazon, and it's it's a, a fantastic work. People are always stuck with the pictures. They say, "I see uh, this symbol. Who is it? it?" They're so different, and slightly different. And sometimes the names are similar, and the symbols are similar. That's why seeing an actual symbol is so important. And we have a pictorial index in the beginning of the ma- of the book that gives you exactly who is who. In other words, you see a symbol. Now, who is that? Then in the book, it discusses on a different page later on an entire write-up about that particular cautious agency, the contact information, the people who work there, the number of people who were employed, the number of hashkochas they give, sample hashkochas that they give, how long they're in business, whether they're a national or a, or a local agency, regional agency, a whole bunch of things. Oh, we all of everything lit up. Last minute. Okay, go ahead. You're on cautious on the air. Can we help you? Yes, hi. Uh, I had a, uh, a comment. Um, when you're driving on the street, you notice that a lot of commercial vehicles have a sticker behind the vehicle saying, if this vehicle is being driven unsafe, please call whatever number. Why is the same thing not in all restaurants? If I see something, who do I call? I have to find the certificate, look to see the number, call somebody. Why isn't there, hi, this is a restaurant number 42. If you see something, dial 1-800, whatever it is. Listen, my and friend. And you could, uh, you know, you make a complaint. Listen, my friend. I'm in the business of sort of, of helping the community for 37 years at least. I take all those calls and follow up on them. You just call my office, 718-336-8544. I do it all the time. I follow up. And I tell that I go to the cashless agency and I follow each thing up completely. And if there's a mislabel or a mistake or a problem, I report to the public. If not, I handle it behind the scenes. No, right, no, no. I I know you do that. My question is, why isn't it why isn't it encouraged in restaurants that if somebody sees something um, that they feel is not being done properly, that they should, you know, that easy contact for a cashless agency? I don't think there's any reason to assume anything is going to be wrong. Why should there anybody assume I'll that? Give, I'll give you a perfect example. The other day I was in a restaurant in Burr Park. I don't want to say which one. And the, with somebody cut, um, someone was cracking eggs open. There was a non-Jewish worker. He cracked them open and put them right into the frying pan. No checking, no looking at all. So that, and, that's a judgment call, my friend. That, the, uh, most likely, the cashless agency knows all about that. You could report it to them, but 90% of these cases, 
The cashless agency knows about it and has decided that we don't do that anymore. I discussed this on the radio a number of times. They know that Rav, uh, that, that, that Rav Kamenetsky holds that you don't have to do any checking of any eggs anymore. I, I, we hold very strongly we do it. It's definitely a minig Israel that we think is strong, but unfortunately... But, you know, I'm pretty sure the Kassar's agency that gave Ashkoch on the place, but I had, to, I had to have a hard time finding that certificate and then finding a number on the certificate. Did, did they say they didn't know about it? Make it easy for people. Wouldn't that be the biggest... Did they, did they say they didn't know about it? Did they say they didn't know about it when you called them? I, I, well, I tell the truth, I didn't even call them. I, I went looking for the uh, certificate, I had one number... Um, I spoke to a manager. He says he's not the usual manager. He doesn't Rabbi, know about it. It's, it that's that not, it. We, we have to follow through. We have to follow through. If you'd call me, I would take care of it for you. But more than likely, the rabbi who gives us doesn't care about it. Right. Okay? okay? i got to take another caller. Sort of i got to okay. take one more caller before we go, okay? Thank you very much. Gamar Lechsimitova. Good bench to you. Thank you for calling. Go ahead. Yes, hello? Go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, hi. Okay, the woman that called earlier about the private house business, I was just thinking it only makes sense. What the person probably said was, send me a check and we'll come down to check your place out and give it a hashkacha. No, they don't ask a check right up front like that. They're going to come down. They're going to talk to them. No one says, send me a check and then we're going to come down. I don't think so. Meaning if she took it, she could have taken it that way, but they meant, look, you give a certain yeah, no amount. No question that she misunderstood. When they give estimates. There's no, que- a, there's no question she misunderstood it, or at least that was her understanding right. of it. But, you know, maybe he was brusque or something. I don't know what he did, but but it definitely was not the way she said it doesn't exist, Baruch Hashem. Thank you very much for the call. And Gemar Okay, go ahead. You're on Kash on the air. We have another second or two. Go ahead, please. Um, does the yeshiva cook need, um, do you, could we trust the yeshiva cook? For what? For, for breakfast, lunch, or supper. A hundred percent you can trust the cook. But let me explain something to you. The, the cook doesn't have eyes behind his back. And the, uh. in, in yeshivas, there should be somebody who is on top of the deliveries because so, sometimes in yeshivas there are mistaken deliveries also. And they, they should be definitely on top of the deliveries. It could be somebody who is not a kitchen worker but somebody who is administration who comes in periodically to check. It, uh-huh. But there has to be somebody who's a chroi for that. The other workers who are not Jewish or not religious, they have to wash their hands between milk and flasheks. You got to make sure that they did this, they did that. There's plenty of things to do. Not every cook, just because he's Shomi Shabbos, is capable of being in charge of the kashras of the food. It, it, it's something you could, you, if you're in yeshiva, you should discuss it with the Rosh Yeshiva or, or somebody in the administration and uh-huh. ask what is being done here. That you should ask. Can you trust the cook? A hundred percent. There's no reason to suspect him. He's a Shomit Torah Mitzvah. But, but yeah. as far as knowing everything, it, it's nice to know who is really responsible for the kashras. Sometimes it's the Rosh Hashiv himself. Sometimes it's, uh, as I said, somebody in the office. Sometimes they have a mashkiach that comes around a couple times a day. I don't know. But may, maybe that man is trained well enough and he is on top of it enough. It yeah. depends. But definitely trusting him? Of course. But he's not the. But he's not uh, able to necessarily take responsibility for everybody else. Uh, and also, um, the uh, I realize in the summer that on all the Pepsi cans it says just a K. Is that enough? On the Pepsi, yes. And any Pepsi product, there's most of them Mountain Dew. If it has a K on it, or yeah, it, has, it just has a K. No that's triangle, fine. No circle, nothing. That's fine. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Good bench to you. That's it. Okay, thank you. For, yeah, we have one more call. Okay, okay well, last call. Go ahead, please. You're on the, are you on Cautious on the Air? Can we help you? Yeah, um, am I on the air? You're on, yes, yes. Go ahead, please. Yeah, my, question is, my question is, my name is Mandy. My question is regarding Starbucks black coffee from the store. What do you mean? You buy it, you buy it in, a, in a package or you're buying it fresh? No, I'm buying a fresh brewed coffee. Okay, so there's two types of st- Starbucks. There's a Starbucks restaurant and there's a kiosk. The small mm-hmm. things, the small kiosks, I don't even know what the definition is, but the, the, what they call kiosks, those they say you can take from. The ones that, you, the ones that are restaurants, they advise you not to, the OU and the, gosh, the CRC, all these cautious agencies, Star K, advise you not to take from there anymore because they wash the equipment with trafer food. 
uh, and in, in dishwashers that, it, that that makes it become absorbed, as opposed to the other ones might be washed in in the, the sink, and the washing in the sink is not going to render it trafe. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. Take good care. Thank you very much. And wish everybody a Gamalasima Tova Gabenchtior. We'll be able to speak to you soon next week. And everyone should uh Davin well. If you have a chance, then to check in to J Route twenty eight twenty nine, Nostrin Avenue, Brooklyn, New York one one two two nine.